If you have your Bibles, please take your copy and turn with me to Mark's Gospel. Maybe by, at this point, your Bibles is beginning to kind of flop open to the Gospel of Mark. Uh, but if not, maybe in a couple of weeks it will. Second Gospel, second book of the New Testament, right after Ma- Matthew, right before Luke, Mark chapter 5. I'm going to be reading verses 21 through 43. So it's kind of a longer chunk that I'm going to be reading. And so I'm going to be referring to it uh, throughout the few minutes that we have remaining. And so I say that to say, if you usually zone out when you stand and read, read Scripture with me, lean in. All right, you might want to pay attention to what's actually going on in the story, and uh, you'll be able to track along as, as, as we talk about what I think God wants for us today. So hopefully you're in Mark 5 or getting there or look on the screens behind me here, but I'm going to ask you to go ahead and stand with me in honor of God's word, and let's read this incredible passage together. Really two stories and one that Mark records for us, continuing to show us the power and uh, healing power in, in particular of Jesus. Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 21. When Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the sea. One of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, My little daughter is dying. Come and lay your hands on her so that she can get well and live. So Jesus went with him, and a large crowd was following and pressing against him. Now a woman was suffering, excuse me, a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She had spent everything she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased, and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. At once, Jesus realized in himself that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing against you, and yet you say, Who touched me? But he was looking around to see who had done this. The woman, with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. While he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? When Jesus overheard what was said, he told the synagogue leader, Don't be afraid, only believe. He did not let anyone accompany him except Peter, James, and John, James' brother. They came to the leader's house and he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, but he put them all outside. He took the child's father, mother, and those who were with him and entered the place where the child was. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kum, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk. She was 12 years old. At this, they were utterly astounded, and he gave them strict orders that no one should know about this and told her to give her something to eat. Let's pray. Jesus, I continue to be overwhelmed with how relevant your word is. Every human being in this room 
is known by you and you knew where they would be in life and what the text of the day would be. I pray that myself nor any of us would waste it. I thank you that you demonstrate your deep love for women and children in this text. I pray that your spirit would not just hover, but would come and engage our hearts. And our hearts would be like a flower opening before you. And we'd be changed. And you, Jesus, getting the glory you deserve from us today. Thank you for your word. May it not return void in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Have you ever wondered if Jesus would ever come through? <laughs> you ever prayed something and you thought, okay, everything's going along okay, and then nothing for a while? Maybe not you, but do you know somebody like that? Have you ever wondered if Jesus was ever actually going to come through like he, like he said he would, or like you hoped he would, or like you thought he would? Have you, have you ever gone to Jesus and you, things were going along okay, but then it kind of just, okay, he disappeared. Where'd you go? What are you doing and it just drove you nuts. And you began to think, okay, where are you? What's happening here? Are you going to come through like we talked about? Has anybody here ever, ever been there? Can you wonder how stressed out Jairus must have been? You know which one Jairus was, right? The synagogue ruler. And did you notice what he did? He went down and he bowed down before Jesus. He fell at his feet before Jesus. If you've paid attention to the gospels, you know that synagogue leaders and Jesus don't jihaw. Jesus says some things about synagogue leaders that they don't like. Synagogue leader says things about Jesus that he doesn't like. And they aren't necessarily bosom buddies. And yet we've got a guy here who's fallen on his feet before Jesus. You know why? Because he's desperate. You ever been desperate? It's one thing to have convictions or to think a certain way about somebody or certain things, but when your child gets sick, when family's involved, you don't care who it is, just fix my child. Democrat, Republican, I don't care. Auburn, Alabama, I don't, well. Man or woman, you don't care. Martian, you don't care. My child's sick, fix them. When family's involved, all that goes out the window. And we've got a guy here, a synagogue leader, bowing down before a Jewish carpenter. That doesn't happen often. And why? Because his 12-year-old daughter's about to die. And I'm guessing he tried everything else and it didn't work. Why else would he be going to the feet of Jesus? Can you imagine how stressed he was? Because he said, I'm, I'm imagining this, this passion in his voice. My, my, daughter, my daughter's sick, would you come heal? And, and, and Mark tells us that he comes. Jesus starts off coming. And I have a pretty good feeling that Jairus was in a big hurry. I mean, can you just imagine? Oh, you'll come? Oh. And Jesus was not in a hurry. Jesus never gets in a hurry. Have you noticed that? Have you ever read the Gospels and seen Jesus rushing? Jesus takes his sweet time. He never gets busy with busyness, which is very convicting if you think about it. If you're walking with Jesus, you won't be rushed. You're welcome. Jesus never gets in a hurry. And I can just imagine Jairus saying, oh, he's coming, oh, he's coming, oh. What's he doing? 
Have you ever had somebody follow you and they're not going at your same pace and you have to go back? Have you ever somebody follow you in the car and you have to like pull over like, oh my gosh, why didn't they just run the red light? It was yellow. And then you gotta pull over for them to catch up and you're wanting to get there. And, and I can just imagine Jairus being like, oh, you okay. let's go, let's go, let's go, she's about to die. And Mark tells us there was this big crowd and I would expect Jesus to be like, got a 12-year-old about to die. Peter, get the crowd that way. John, get the crowd that way. James, you're bulky. Let's go. And he, and he go, goes right through. But he doesn't. He takes his time with the crowd. And I can just see Jairus just several hundred yards up. What are you doing? My daughter's dying. And then Jesus stops. Somebody done touch me. That's my translation. And the disciples are like, Everybody's touching you. No, 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 there's, there's somebody done touched me. Now, if I'm Jairus at this point, have you ever heard of triage? This is big time medical malpractice. A girl's about to die, and Jesus pauses to deal with somebody who's been bleeding for 12 years. I have a pretty good feeling Jairus was like, she's been bleeding 12 years, she can bleed a few hours more. Wouldn't you? For crying out loud, my daughter is about to die. Speed it up. What are you doing? Somebody touched your robe. Great. Wonderful. Come back on your way through. My daughter's dying. This is not, did I waste my time in coming to you? I could have spent my final hours with my daughter, but I'm here with you trying to wait for you to answer. You ever been there? Where are you, Jesus? What are you doing, Jesus? You're supposed to be up here doing this. You know my predicament. What are you doing, Jesus? You ever wondered if he was ever going to come through? You know that there's sometimes you'll even be praying for one thing. And for Jesus to answer your prayer, that means he's got to not answer somebody else's prayer. You ever been stuck in that dilemma where you're praying this prayer and you know that if Jesus comes with, comes with you, then he's got to leave this? Or so, so you think in your mind, and you're like, I don't know how to pray. I pray for this to happen, I pray for this to happen. I pray for this to happen, I pray for this to happen. But if this happens with me, what's going to happen to that person? And you find yourself in this, in this thing, and then it doesn't happen the way you wanted it to happen. And what happens? You get mad at God. Why? Not because he's unfaithful. It's because he didn't answer your agenda. You say, give me wisdom, but make sure it's my wisdom telling you how you should do things, Jesus. When Jesus doesn't do things the way we think he should, we think he failed us when in all actuality he hasn't changed. He just failed what you thought he should do. He's not Santa Claus. He's God. And oftentimes when you go to Jesus, get this now, oftentimes when you go to Jesus and give him your predicament, he will say, okay, let's go. You, 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 just, you just follow my lead. And he will ask of you way more than you ever thought you'd have to give. <laughs> but he ends up giving you far more than you could imagine you'd ever get. 
a matter of fact, Tim, Tim Keller puts it this way in that book I recommended a couple weeks ago called King's Cross. Tim Keller says this, if you go to Jesus, he may ask for you far more than you originally planned to give, but he can give to you infinitely more than you dared ask or think. I think Jairus ended up saying, okay, that's why you stopped. That's why you slowed down. Just because Jesus doesn't answer the way we expect him to doesn't mean he's not God. It just may mean his agenda is better than yours. Do you believe that? Listen to me. This text is about believing Jesus, not in whether or not he's going to be your genie in a bottle. Do you believe him? Him. Are you okay with Jesus? Have you ever wondered if a brief interaction with Jesus was all there was to it? Have you ever wondered if, okay, okay, I heard a three-point sermon, I prayed the prayer, I signed the card, I got dunked, I got my name on a church roll, I've had my interaction with Jesus, and the rest of my life I'm just going to keep Jesus at an arm length. You ever wonder if, if you did, if you jumped through the, the Baptist hoops of what it takes to, to have a brief interaction with Jesus, but you've, you spent the rest of your life wondering if this is all there is to it? You thought, okay, I got my hell insurance, not going to burn because I prayed the prayer, I prayed it like 20 times, and so I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to hell, but Jesus is just, he hasn't fully restored me. You ever been there? There's brief interaction with Jesus, that's just enough, and I'm going to go do my own thing. But have you ever wondered if there's more? What did the woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years do? What does she do in this story? What does she want to do after she touched Jesus' robe? Does she want to stick around? Don't make me read the text again. No, she wanted to do a little touch and go. She, she wanted to get out of there. You see, she was taking a pretty big risk too. When she was a female, wanting to get close to a male, Two, she had had an issue of blood for 12 years. You're considered unclean. You don't touch anybody. No one had, had, had any, come anywhere close to her in the, in the recent uh, uh, last 12 years, if you will. And so just to go out in public is risky. And so she's thinking to herself, okay, this guy's God. I believe that. And so if maybe I just touch him, I'm going to believe who he is, and I'm going to get my healing, and I'm going to go. And, 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 and she goes, whoop, <laughs> and she gone. And I, I picture a lot of church people that way. I'm going to get my little Jesus, get my thing here, and then I'm out of here. But what does he do? Who touched me? I wonder if she was like, I just imagine her being like, shoot. Do I run? What do I do? And the Bible says she came back, fell at his feet, and that's two for two. It's a pretty good posture for the human. Jairus fell at his feet. This woman fell at his feet. And the Bible says she told him everything, the whole truth. Sometimes Jesus is looking for you, not because he doesn't know where you are, but because he just wants you to lay it all out there. And guess what she heard God say? Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Listen to me, church. You don't call just anybody a daughter. I've only got one. 
It's because there's something intimate there between a father and a daughter. Had she gotten away, she would have never heard her true identity. Had she not laid it all out there, she would have never heard the security. Peace. Church, if you've had that brief interaction and you're wondering if there's anything more, you better believe there is. Jesus says, where are you? And when you go, you find out why you're made. You're made for him. You're made for him. But, but not only that, I, I wonder if, we've, if you've ever been inspired to be close to Jesus, but not with Jesus. <laughs> you ever thought of that? I wonder about this for myself because I grew up in church and I know how to deal with church people. I know how to put on the church face and I know, you know, when we all lie to each other, I'm fine, I'm fine. No, we're not. Did you notice the crowd? And Jesus stopped and said, somebody touched me and the disciples are like, <laughs> everybody did. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. There's one that was different. I wonder if I've ever been okay with being inspired enough to be around Jesus, to maybe rub shoulders with Jesus, to maybe look at Jesus, to be around people that are excited about Jesus, but I'm okay with not being with him. That's dangerous. Because Jesus stopped and said, no, 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 there's everybody around me. They're all excited about me, but there's one that believes in who I am. There's one who actually believes me, and he calls her daughter. It's possible to come to church on Sunday and be excited about Jesus, get real close to Jesus, and be around people who are excited about Jesus, and then Monday morning, I don't know where Jesus is. Or you get away from all this, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Do you like the experience, or do you want Jesus? One of our spiritual challenge questions, the first spiritual challenge question, is probably the dangerous, most dangerous one. It's one that just kind of breaks open your heart, and this question is this, it's, are, are you being changed by Jesus, or how are you being changed by Jesus? That is a wreck you question. It's not, what did you learn in Sunday school today, or what did you read in the most recent Christian book you're reading? It's, what is Jesus doing to change you today? And if the answer is, he's not, then you need to check if you, if you are with him or not. Some of us have a brief interaction, and we're okay with that. We want to keep him at arm's length. Some of us want to be excited around him with the crowd. But, but Jesus is like, do you believe in who I am, and are you with me? Last thing. I wonder if we ever get frustrated. Or I wonder if you've ever wondered why God allowed death here. Why did God allow this girl to die? You ever prayed for God to heal somebody and the next thing you know you're standing over a casket? ever ask God for a healing and you're looking at this text and you're like well good for her good for this woman good for Jairus and his family he didn't do it to me maybe you're like the people outside Jairus's house that just start laughing when Jesus says she's asleep and you're just like okay whatever nice nice fantasy it bothers me 
So why does he? Why does Jesus allow death? Because there's some things about Jesus we're not going to know unless death happens. This text is not, if you pray this, if you pray this way, that you're going to have a loved one rise from the dead. Did you know that this woman had to die twice? Have you seen this girl walking around? Has anybody here seen Jairus' daughter walking around? No, she grew up and died again. This family had to grieve twice. We don't know how she died a second time, but I have a pretty good feeling if I was brother and I was there the first time, I would have said, all right, Jesus, do your thing. The point isn't every time somebody dies, Jesus is going to give an automatic resurrection. You know, you know uh, one of the answers to this, to this question is what Jesus says to the woman when, he, when, when she comes and, and falls down before him and tells him everything. He says, daughter, your faith has healed you. That drives me bananas. Why doesn't he say, I did it? I want him to take ownership of it. He's the one that did it. I want him to say, yeah, power left me, went into your weakness. I took your weakness. You got my power. You're welcome. I want him to say that. I healed you. I want him to say, if he comes back in six months, here's my cell. Call me. But he doesn't. He says, your faith healed you. And I'm like, no, 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 you healed Jesus says, no, it's your faith. And I think that's the answer. Hear me. You want healing? It's believing that Jesus really is who he says he is, regardless of what happens. Do you believe Jesus or do you believe your circumstances? Are you trusting in Christ Jesus or are you trusting in your agenda? You know what else drives me crazy? You know what he says to the dad after he found out his daughter died? Don't be afraid, just believe. How cold. Can you imagine walking through the, uh, shaking hands at the funeral home and you just lost a loved one? Don't be afraid, just believe. I, 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 I hope they'd slap you. And yet Jesus said it. Why? Is he saying, if you believe on me, you'll find out that I'm God even over death. And even though death happens, I'm on the other side. Jesus gives us a picture of what happens to all of us daughters and sons who die. He'll take you by the hand and he'll say, sweetheart, it's time to get up. Little girl, I'm here. It's time to get up. Son, buddy, it's time to get up. The point is, Jesus is in charge even over death. Do you believe in him or do you believe in how things played out the way you thought they should? Do you believe? That little girl got up, but she had to die again. The point isn't every time you pray, it's gonna be that dramatic. It could be, it, it can be. But just because it doesn't, doesn't mean Jesus isn't God. The point is, do you follow him? Him. 
So I want you to wrestle with that. Is it, is it, do, do, do you wrestling with whether or not he's going to come through? Are you wrestling with whether or not your agenda is his agenda? And, and go to Jesus with this. Go to Jesus if you're one of those who've had a brief interaction with Jesus but wanted to keep him at arm's length because you don't think he's what's best for you. It is, and it's where you find your true identity and security. Wrestle, wrestle with Jesus. Okay, what do you want me to understand? Somebody I love is, is experiencing this pain, and I know you can heal them if you choose. I know that you can do this. But show me who you are through this. Help me understand who you are. And so I'm going to pray, and I'm going to encourage you to wrestle with that. But I want to, I want to, I want to leave you with this thought as well, as, as, as we close, this, this one thought. We've been, today we're kind of emphasizing South Asians. And I don't want to miss this point of application. I hope you're beginning to notice that they've moved into your neighborhood and where you work, and they, are on, they have daughters and sons that play on your kids' ball teams and they, they're, they're where you work out. I hope you're beginning to see that God has brought South Asians to Williamson County and it's no accident. And I pray you begin to have a relationship with them. You begin to ask them questions. Why? Because soon they're gonna be like this lady who exhausted all her resources and don't, don't know what else to do. Soon they're gonna be like this synagogue ruler and his religion didn't work and they're gonna know is Jesus is, is he who he says he is? And I pray that you and I are gonna be ready to help him see that he is. Would you pray for that opportunity? Would you pray that God open your eyes to see that? Jesus is who he says he is. Let's pray for faith to believe. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your richness of it there's so much here i pray that you would take the truths that have been talked about and read and cause it to go deep into our hearts to where you jesus are the one who's glorified and worshiped lead us into relationships with those who are lost and searching in particular today as it's a focus south asian men and women and boys and girls and may we be ready out of that relationship to say yes jesus is who he says he is do this and far more than we could ask, imagine, or think. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.